All right. Hi, everyone. It's Obi Abuchi here with the Leading From Your Core podcast and vodcast. This show is dedicated to helping leaders all around the world discover leadership wisdom, stories, and insights that will enable you to tap into the power of leading from the inside out. And I'm delighted to welcome on the show, Nikki Burns-Muir. And Nikki has been the executive chief nurse at Milton Keynes University Hospital since April 2019. And not only has she got a breadth of knowledge and experience leading teams in a high pressured environment, and we'll be talking a bit about that shortly, she also has boatloads of compassion and is committed to authentic, visible leadership. Uh, she's the executive lead for the BAME Network and committed to the equality, diversity, and inclusion agenda within the workplace for staff and patients. And she's led organizational change using a coaching style to empower staff to achieve their own and the wider team's full potential. Uh, Nikki, I am really excited to have you on the show. So thanks for coming on today. Thank you, Obi. Thanks for inviting me. I'm very privileged to be here and hope I can um, share some wisdom that somebody might be able to use. <laughs> I'm sure, I'm sure you will. Um, Nikki, one, I just want to start off with this. One of the things that I often talk about is just resilience in the face of adversity, um, right? And, and if there's someone who knows that, given your role in the NHS, and we're recording this 2022, and we're in a post-pandemic world, but we're still dealing with the, the fallout of that and, and the challenge um, of that. And we have talked a lot about the people at the front line and you are absolutely one of those and, and your team uh, at the front line. And so I'm sure there'll be a lot to just share about that. But so I want to go there shortly, just hear some of your experience of you know the last couple of years and, and what you've learned and how you've just grown as a leader but before that just so that our listeners and viewers get to know who you are is there anything else that you'd like to share about yourself other than what I've already said um I, I, I would say that so I've been in the NHS 36 years and um, I've done a range of jobs and I've moved around the country and I've worked. I'm actually an adult trained nurse and then went and did my paediatrics, so children's nursing. Mm -hmm. um, and I spent predominantly my career doing children's nursing. And um, I've met some, I've had an amazing career. I've met some fantastic people and I feel very privileged to call myself a nurse. And I think that's part of my central being really is a life of service. It, it feels very different now how why people choose careers. But at the time that I chose my career, I definitely felt like that was my calling to be a nurse. Um, I've had some days when I feel a bit tired or I could do the day off, but I can honestly say I've never had a day when I've not wanted to go to work. And I think wow. I consider that to be really powerful mm. uh, because I know people that have to do jobs they don't really like. And that's really quite soul destroying, isn't it? And but you have to do it. You've got, you know, bills to pay and mortgages. And but actually, I've had a great career. I've met some amazing people that I've worked with 
people that have worked for me and also patients and families and it is a privilege being a nurse you you meet people at the most vulnerable time of their lives and you have to have an instant connection you know and um and that is a privilege to help people through that um i'm in a different position now in that i'm a chief nurse of a hospital where i've got a number of nurses that are vicariously doing that now and so Mm. my real job as a leader has grown into developing those leaders that are out actually delivering the care because i'm not doing that as much now Mm. um so yeah but i i think yeah i've done some very diverse things i've worked abroad I've gone and gone into some very difficult communities, so homeless communities, traveling, travelers communities, and yeah, just really experience people's different value sets, different cultures, but it's brought me to the place that I am now as a leader and it, that it's provided so much richness. I've learned so much from other people actually than I've learned mm. myself. Um, but yeah, so just just that it is a very diverse role being a nurse. It takes you to many places. Sure, sure. Wow, I love that. It's uh, I, I love it hearing your reflections and what stands out to me already. You you use the word privilege a few times. Just it's a privilege being a nurse, just being able to serve people in this way and. This is just a, a an interpretation, um, a, a sense that I get that that must have been something that has helped you navigate all of the challenges that, that you see it as a real, you know, I, I get to serve these people, I get to help these people. So that gives you the fire motivation to keep going when things are difficult I, you know I'm just that's just the sense I get right from the get-go hearing you say that because um it'd be easy to hear people say oh wow the task and I think of all of the things I've got to do and you know having to help that person you can see the difficulties but you see the privilege with it which is amazing yeah and I think I'm an eternal optimist so I'm not even half cup full I'm three quarters cup full and um yes drive my family mad sometimes they're like oh here she goes it's going to be a positive in this isn't that and um and I think that has enabled me to keep moving forward even particularly in the last two years but you know before that coming across a lot of challenges and actually I think having listened to your podcast with other leaders it is very different it's very emotive doing this role And actually, when you come across challenges, it's not about me. It's about people that have come to the hospital that need care. They haven't chose this situation. Mm. So it's 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 about putting others before yourself, really. And that's what drives me to make sure that we are delivering really high quality care and people are getting good experiences and we're supporting them, like, as I say, through the vulnerability of their lives. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Uh, I again, that that speaks volumes one of the things that I talk about in my book, business, the work that we do with leaders is about, I've worked with leaders around the world and see leaders in, in two camps. There's the, the ego centric. It's about me, what I'm trying to build, what I'm trying to achieve, what I'm trying to drive. And, and then you, you've got leaders in 
the other camp, which is, hey, how can I serve people and how can I make a, a difference? A and some people might listen to this and say, well, of course, N Nikki would be in the, the service camp because she works in, you know, as a nurse. And not, but but actually, I it, that's not the case, right? You can have, and you know it. I'm yes. sure you there are lots there of leaders are, in the NHS that are not in that camp <laughs> whatsoever. Uh, uh, absolutely, and I I've you know. Um, spoken with some and, and and that leads to burnout quickly um i've also just know so many leaders who who are in the the corporate field you know profit for profit organizations and and have really connected with service so just mm -hmm. for our viewers this isn't about oh yeah the specific industry that you're in it really is about connecting with something so much and deeper uh, as well what's your sense Nikki on because you talked about being an eternal um, optimist right um, half three quarter full probably seven eighth I get the sense with you rather even more maybe just a drop that's out but um, do you think that's something people can can learn that that they grow into over time or do you think it's innate I think I think part of it is probably my value base where I come from um, and I think as you grow as a leader you need to find some really great mentors I've had some amazing mentors over time mm. and coaches mm. and it's you can grow it by putting yourself in situations where you don't always agree with what others are thinking because it stretches your mind I, I, I really like Brilliant. it if somebody doesn't agree with me because I think oh really why why are you thinking that and where did that come from and I think you have to so the vulnerability stuff is key with this you have to be able to say oh I don't understand that or um tell me a little bit more about that and um mm. you know and because actually if you if you allow that you allow people around you to do that and then actually I'm I'm an extrovert so I externalize all my information and my best ideas come from when I'm having conversations with people because wow. I think, oh, that's it. Because actually, you've had that richness of conversation. And the more diverse you have around the table, the richer the conversation. Mm. Um, so I think I think some of it is me. Uh, from quite an early age, I had a very, had a fantastic um, aunt who taught me to read. And I'm a really avid reader. And that's the other thing. Leadership is a never ending journey. I'm even now I don't sit here with my feet up in the office thinking, well, I've got where I need to be. <laughs> I'm constantly reading things and thinking that's an interesting concept. And how did that work? And and the first book that she gave me was To Kill a Mockingbird. And that was the very first time that I recognized people were treated differently. Wow for having like a learning disability, different culture. And that set me on a road of um, champion people that are not represented properly. And I think particularly now as doing exec lead for the BAME network, and I've mm. got chief nurse fellows, five BAME chief nurse fellows who are amazing. That's the best part of my week when I do, they call it Nikki's toolbox. I do coaching with them and <laughs> strategies and trying to develop them. Mm. Um, because that I feel like because I'm a white woman of privilege, that is my absolute responsibility to lift others. Mm. And actually, you get more from doing that than doing it for yourself. Actually, well, I, I do anyway when I'm doing my my work with um, across the organization. 
But I think you have to constantly be on an improvement, wanting to improve your leadership all the time. Sure. And really, you know, when so I do reverse mentoring, which is where I've got junior nurses. So I've been 36 years, as I say, so a newly qualified nurse. Um, and I've got a number of those and I've got quite a few black nurses that are newly qualified that I reverse mentor where mm. they will give me their view about, are we saying it in the right way? Can I, I don't always, you know, I want to learn that and make sure that we are being um, inclusive. So you can have diversity, you can have a lot of diversity, but if you don't have inclusivity, you're just ticking the box yeah. in my view. Yeah. And so actually to get the mirror back, from somebody that is completely in a different place they just started their training because the decisions I make up here impact them mm. and so actually you've got but that you have to have vulnerability for that I know some of the senior leaders that I know are not as comfortable with that mm. um but you have I think you have to be comfortable with with being vulnerable and then that allows you to grow as a leader yeah some incredible things there just your so obviously one thing I think that is comforting for anyone listening to that is that if you're curious and if you're committed to growing then you can continue to develop and and it should absolutely be a never-ending journey there's always more to discover there's always more to learn there's always more ways that we can uh, develop um, and I love the fact that for you, just the impact you're having on others, you know, the coaching, the reverse mentoring, it actually gives you a lot of energy just from, um, and that satisfaction, knowing that you are using your, your privilege, your gifts, your experience to help serve others. And that's clearly, it's just this underlying theme with you about serving others and and making a difference to others and and you've also touched on we've already talked about the fact that this isn't just typical so everyone might think oh yeah every single senior leader in you know in in the NHS that that's not typical there are leaders who it is that there is more of that ego driving um what they they're doing and what helps you keep your ego in check? Because you've got 36 years, you are in a senior position, you could really ride on that power. <laughs> but what, what helps? What helps you keep it in, in check? And what do you think others could learn from that? So I'm very aware of power. Wearing a uniform is powerful. Being the senior nurse is powerful. So I'm really aware of when I'm with people sitting down and a whole body language and and I talk to my senior team about appropriate use of power. And so I'm very conscious of that. I, I think as particularly as um, when you're in a caring profession, we very much focus on the caring elements. What we don't think about is communication situations. And I do spend a lot of time thinking, what do I need out of this meeting and how do I get it in a way that isn't about me saying I'm the chief nurse and I'm going to have it. Um, and also I've got really good people around me that that I because I allow them to uh, I, that vulnerability piece that I was talking about, they will challenge me and I welcome challenge. And mm. lots of people say that, but they don't really mean it. But I do actually welcome the challenge and that keeps it in check. 
and also mm. my family my family don't actually care what my title is when I'm at home that's irrelevant <laughs> yeah. and so and I've got some very good close friends that will bring me quite easily down to hang on a minute because you, you, you're right you can <laughs> get a bit carried away and it is a very powerful position to have actually mm. um so I think I'm just constantly aware of that some and that's why it's all signs and symbols isn't it when you're with leaders but that's why sometimes I wear uniform and sometimes I don't because it's it's being very cautious that you're not using that as a vehicle to to exhibit power sure. um, so I think it's being aware of it you must be aware of that at all times and I don't always get it right. And there's times then that I have to go back and say, I did, I got that, I didn't, I misread that. I hope that that didn't across, come across in that way or give me the feedback. And then you, it's when things, I think as leaders, when things go wrong, you first have to look at yourself. Did I not communicate that well? Did mm. I do something wrong in this scenario? You quite often will hear people say, oh, I don't know what the issue is. And you've got to look at yourself. And that's what I constantly reflect on whether, that worked well or it didn't work well did that communication did it did it land properly so this thing about active listening getting people to feedback what do you think I'm saying to you what mm. did you take from what I said I think is a key skill as a leader because we have lots of communication cha- exchanges but we don't always check that it's it's been received mm-hmm. um, and I think that I think that's part of, of the power as well um during the pandemic I had to go to my uncomfortable side of power because we didn't have a blueprint during the uh, pandemic we'd not done this before I'd never done it in my career before and we didn't have the time to be collaborative and say what do people think and how should we do it and I really had to be out front as the leader not actually quite knowing whether I was making the right decision or not you know, the whole of the country were told to hide away. We were asking our staff, so particularly nurses, to run to the problem. Mm. And that was extremely hard. And because of the relationships that I'd built with my team, they trusted me. And there's this sort of psychological safety of trust, isn't it? When you invest in people, they do have a trust. But I took that really responsibly that I could have asked them to do most things and they would have said, would, might not have been terribly happy, but they would have done it. And it was about yeah. making sure that I wasn't overusing that. Uh, but I found it quite uncomfortable at times during the pandemic because I really had to do the you know autocratic we're doing it because we just had to but I put myself in the front so I've there's a few things that I sort of align myself to as a leader so during times of crisis you stand in front of your team and during times of celebration you stand behind them and push them forward I love that wow wow that's a powerful one just doing times of crisis you stand in front and during times of celebration you stand behind it's celebrating them when things have gone well hey couldn't have done this without the team and there's a crisis I'm going to go first I'm going to put myself in the the line right the the firing line so to speak which is that's a really powerful um way of thinking about our our people and our our teams and and I love the fact that you said earlier on that some people say hey yeah give me feedback and you know I, I I welcome the challenge but in reality do they create that psychological safety where people feel 
but if I challenge Nikki, if I challenge Ovi, if I challenge whoever, what's the comeback? What's the pushback? And just from my experience, you've got to be really intentional about creating that sort of environment because it's the, sometimes it's also what isn't said if people feel, oh, nothing's ever said about this, then they think, oh, it's taboo, then I can't say it. And so you've got to really draw it out from people, which sounds like you you do. And I also just love the that acknowledgement that we don't always get this right. And that's that's okay. That's part of the the journey. Um that we don't always get this this right. You I think you know it's not every day that we, we get to chat with the people who are at the coalface of COVID and all of the pressures and, and, and challenges. I'd love to hear more about what you learn yourself about your resilience and about what is needed in difficult situations. Because you said, and for many people in our lifetime, this is something we've never experienced before. So you're doing something new. What, what did it teach you about your resilience that you didn't know already? What were some new things that you discovered about you, yourself as a leader? So I think the mental resilience, I think it taught me a lot about how you need a bit more self-care, I think, because I think we, you know, it's because actually two years of the pandemic in the NHS has felt like four years. And I hadn't been a chief nurse that long when we went into the pandemic. So I had a yeah. very steep, I had a very steep learning curve. And I think I've always been very self-sufficient and driven about being a leader and, and my career. I think what it taught me is that you do have to take your foot off the pedal sometimes and you do have to let other people help you mm. and you do need that pastoral care um, mm. even if you're the leader and you're the top leader you need that and you need people to see that you need it as well because it sort of gives them permission sure. so during the pandemic we had we did a, um, a tv program Ross Kemp came to look round and just to try and help people to understand what was going on because we weren't even having visitors and people's relatives were here and they didn't really know what was happening and he kept using the term heroes and I was and I did say to him in the program you know you have to be very careful with that don't you because then that sets people to think that they have to do it and not everybody could do it actually they found it incredibly difficult because for the first time it was about coming to work and being in healthcare where something could impact your family when you go home Wow. Mm. And it was very humbling because many of my senior nurses moved into a hotel because they'd got a vulnerable adult at home and stayed in the hotel for months on end so they could come to work. They could still come and wow. run the wards. Wow. Wow. And so I think all of those things enabled me to be the leader that I was. I also had quite a difficult situation going on which you were you're aware of aren't you my, my my husband was very unwell at the time so I think I learned to compartmentalize things as well mm -hmm. which is sort of good on a short term when you've really got to focus on a task but I think inevitably it can cause trauma and I think everybody mm -hmm. that's been through the pandemic within healthcare has been inevitably changed in some way or other over the last two years and I think it has led to sort of fatigue 
and it's like being in a, it, it was a bit like being in a war zone really it gave me a bit of a taster of what it must be like being in a con continual conflict situation because it was changing so rapidly um and it's a bit of uh, it's a political hot potato isn't it the nhs and, um, yes. <laughs> yes so we do get kicked around the park a little bit depending on what's happening and it's it's a bit you know so people were clapping for the nhs which is lovely now we're out of the pandemic we're trying to catch up with everything we couldn't do because of covid and now we're back in that political getting kicked around the car park oh. again and um but the people are still coming and it yeah so i suppose I think I learned what I've learned is I'm I'm taking a sabbatical in June. That's what I've learned. I need a month off to let my brain mm. rest because mm. I had mm. to do what I had to do at the time. Sure. Um, but I feel now that I need a little bit of reflective time to mm. really then think about what happened because I think we've mm. all parked it, mm -hmm. and I think we we need that. So that's the the resilience piece for me. I, I think that. it made me become really aware of that. Um. And, and I, 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 I even now when I look back after what happened during the pandemic and um, sadly, my husband died in the middle of the pandemic. And when I look back now, I, I don't actually quite know how I did it. I think I just powered through it in the hope mm -hmm. that I and in some ways, and this is a funny thing I was saying to one of my friends the other day that my husband dying has become a bit of a superpower. And it, which probably sounds a bit odd, but um, I don't really care what I do or say now. And that doesn't mean that I would say anything to offend anybody. But I think mm. what is the worst that could happen now? I'm sure. braver because it's already happened. Mm. So it's made me a lot more brave about saying things. Um, I don't really like as a leader. I'm not very I don't like conflict. I don't mind challenge, but I don't really like conflict. But I've learned to be more comfortable with conflict because actually often you get a good outcome from it but I think mm -hmm. I probably could have worked for the UN previously and just tried to be the smoother <laughs> the coordinator the let's get through this whereas mm -hmm. now I think actually I'm quite comfortable in that uh, conflict environment now and if we get a good outcome from it then it's probably worth it so I, th I suppose those are the things that I've learned really about myself um, mm. But it has been an incredibly tough time. It has, um, you know, for two years and we're not really out of it yet, to be quite honest. But, um, mm. but I had a massive responsibility to others that really looked um, looked to me to see whether we were doing the right thing or not. We had a few things that happened where I went out front and did it. And then the staff just said, OK, well, Nikki's doing it. It's fine. Sure, sure. Yeah. Uh... Well, thank you for sharing that. And yeah, it's just, again, really saddened by your loss and my condolences. Again, I remember hearing that the first time. And um, and so here you are, you know, senior role in the NHS, um, turmoil, experiencing something that no one really had a um a blueprint for as as you said but also not only navigating this major global challenge national challenge local challenge you were also dealing with your own pain and your own trauma as well and and that must have been really really tough um 
that must have been really tough and and what you're talking about just the the self-care um sounds i i often liken it to just putting your oxygen mask on when you're on the plane right just how important that is that if you don't if you're running on empty then there's nothing you can really give and so figuring out those ways to to reflect to recharge um your, yourself and in the midst of your pain you said you realized you had a responsibility to others is that part of what kept you going because it would have been easy I, I imagine people would have understood if as you lost your husband it's hey we understand if Nikki's no longer uh, as available yet what what kept you going um, my people I felt really responsible for my people and um, and the patients it, an even bigger responsibility because families weren't here mm. and um, and actually you know I had a long discussion with my husband and he was very proud of what I did and he wanted me to continue he knew the importance of it and what was happening nationally and and that made him proud and so that I, I kept going with it really and wow. um, I think it yes and my team I think they survived because I was there as well. Wow. And I think they, many of them didn't even know about the situation that was going on. I, I because I felt that that was just, um, I didn't bring it to work with me, which, you know, because there was too much going on already in the workplace oh, really. Yeah. And I felt that, that, that they would have felt uncomfortable about coming and asking me things and asking more of me because based on what was happening so my very close team were aware of that mm -hmm. about what was happening um but also it's just a time like no other i hope we never see this time again but it was mm. such a it was very it's very hard to describe it unless you you were in it every single day there was a new challenge every single day mm. and so it, it really the, a lot of my time was spent problem solving trying to work out how to do it in a different way making sure that we had enough uh, protective equipment and that people understood how to use it the patients I spent a lot of time talking to the patients because they were very frightened as well mm. you know and um you know with the media and and then you know we had a number of people that were not believing in COVID and that was very hard actually um, we had some protesters at the front of the hospital and it, it, because people couldn't see what was happening and I think that was that was a difficult part but it was a bit I think we were just in a different zone we we came together as a collective leadership group of execs and we worked really hard together to try and make the right decision and hope that we were making the right decisions mm. um so yeah, I think yeah, I, I think it is that about being proud to be a nurse, being proud of what I did, mm. and making sure that I was enabling others to deliver what they needed to do by giving them the resources, the support, um, and ultimately they would be caring for the patients. Mm -hmm. That's beautiful. It's beautiful. I, I was um, one of the things that I say to leaders is when you're asking the right sort of questions with the right sort of intentions that that can give you just a real clarity of purpose and one of those questions is how can i do the most good how, how can i do the most good for for the 
team, how can I do the most good for our patients, our customers, how can I do the most good for organization and world? And, and that just keeps you moving. And it sounded like you guys were in that place where as difficult as all of this was, how can we do the most good here? And then we keep going, even if we're not really sure this is something we've never done before. And that that keeps you moving. And I can't help but acknowledge as well just the tremendous character that it demonstrated. Um, there's a saying I came across recently, we don't need more people leading who have more power than they have character. We need more great women who lead. We need more great men who lead. And, and what you've described and how you've led has definitely been a great demonstration of, of character with that power, um, which is very inspiring. Very inspiring. Thank you. Um, as we just start to wrap up, uh, I think, you know, lots of incredible things that you have shared and I'd like to two questions for you um one is to your um younger self um if you could chat with your younger self as you're starting your you know career 36 years ago and then moving into leadership yeah. and it's particularly when you're at the beginning of your leadership journey what advice would you give to the younger Nikki based on all that you've experienced now I quite often get asked this when we have newly qualified nurses they go on a preceptorship course and uh, they, I, I go meet with them they quite often ask me this I think it's the self-care I think that I would be have more I'm not saying I don't have a life balance, but I think I would take more, pay more attention to that, okay. that the whole resilience. And I use that analogy of the oxygen before the child. And, and I say that actually in order to have longevity in these roles and to be able to keep coming and bringing your authentic best self to work, you've got mm. to do the self-care piece. So mm. I think that's mm. the advice that I would give myself most definitely. Also, I think be braver. So I am quite brave, actually. But I think be braver and be stick to what you feel is right. You're, I've got a very strong moral compass. And there have been times when I've quashed it down because I've either wanted to fit in or I haven't felt safe to speak up. And so I would say be true to yourself and be bring your authentic self to work because you're the only one that's going to look in the mirror at the end of the day to know whether you've done the, done the right thing by people. Um, that's what I would so I suppose those two things is what I would say so the that self-care um recharge and, and then being braver um as well that's so so brilliant um fantastic and then fi final question then is where as you you know 36 years of experience what's where do you see yourself in a few years as a leader what is it what's something that you feel I haven't quite achieved yet that I, I might want to so I could retire next year and um, believe you me I've really thought about it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> on occasion um I think I would like to so in the past I've done a number of things of mentoring young women I've done some work for the refuge I've done. So I think I see myself as using my skills 
and the piece that I really enjoy about my role, the coaching, mm -hmm. to do something very positive with the community. Um, so I've thought of a number of things when I retired about, um, I'd really like to get, I live by the sea, I live in Turkey, by the seaside, you know, I've thought about doing a social enterprise of a cafe and having known disability people work there and give wow. them an opportunity to work. So I know that my life, even if I retire from the NHS, will be about helping others. Because sure. that's what I think you have to do what gives you joy. Mm. And then and, and that does. So those kind of things and mentoring. And if I could do coaching all day, that's what I would do. <laughs> um, because that's the bit that I really enjoy. I get a lot back from that and seeing people develop. Um, and somebody, uh, somebody that I coached some years ago said to me, it and it stayed with me for a long time, said, the thing about Nikki is you go and see Nikki and you come out and you think you can do anything. Oh, and if you wow. can give that and bottle that and give it to people, <laughs> then that's what I would do. So I that's think amazing. going forward, I think I want to focus on the things that really give me joy. Th these roles are really hard very mm -hmm. complex very challenging healthcare is not getting any more simple it's getting more complex so i think i would like to sort of move to more system-wide working what does that look like if we work together as health and social care and and uh, voluntary sector what would that actually look like if we had no barriers because wow. during the pandemic we saw this work because all of a sudden everybody just come together and it was amazing what we managed to change. We changed things that we've been trying for years to change. Wow. Because because the only, we were all, and this is the thing, isn't it, about change, isn't it? Everybody was trying to sort COVID. So for once, everybody had got the same mission in mind. Mm -hmm. And it's got rid of all the boundaries of, well, that's my organisation and that's my money and that's, we literally came together and said, we've got to sort this. We've got this wicked problem. What are we going to oh, do? Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, so I think for me is that. And then, yeah, and, and retire. But my, my children say, you'll never be able to retire. You'll, 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 be, you'll be having a franchise of cafes. And, you know, so because I, I, I know that I, I seem to attract like, organize, you know, organizing stuff and things. And, and I've done it all my life. So, uh, but I think that's where I would like to be going is doing the stuff that gives me joy. Yeah, yeah, now that, that, that's brilliant. And again, just that theme of, of um, serving and making a difference to others. And, and I love it if, if more leaders could have that experience and that mindset that when people interact with them and leave them, that they feel they could do anything. They feel they've been understood. They feel they've been given permission to be bring more of their best selves to life and to the world and to their organizations. So that's absolutely incredible. Nikki, it's been a delight speaking with you, hearing your story, um, lots of incredible insights for all of our listeners and viewers. So thank you so much for sharing uh, openly and uh, honestly and vulnerably as well. So thank you for that. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Obi. You're welcome. And to listeners and viewers, I'm sure you enjoyed that. I uh, hope you did as, as much as I did. And remember that if you want to be a courageous and resilient leader, if you want to live life on purpose and with purpose, then it starts from the inside out. 
Uh, have a great day. See you on the next show. And Nikki, thanks again for joining me today. Thank you.